You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And now, hope you are doing well and thank you so much for checking me out here if you don't like that today's podcast is brought to you by new works plumbing of sacramento locally owned for over 20 years for all of your plumbing needs and repairs just go to newworksplumbing.com n-e-w-w-r-x plumbing.com and remember they are available to you 24 7 they do it all folks so give them a call check them out online for every single plumbing need and repair They'll be there for you. They've got a fix for you. Newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Well, as I said on Friday's podcast, uh, I went to Tuscaloosa, Alabama for the first time and went to a big-time SEC game, Alabama and Ole Miss. You know, the first thing that strikes me when I'm in the South is how nice everyone is. From the minute I walk off the airplane, and I waited three hours in the airport for a buddy who was flying in from Sacramento so we could make the hour drive from Birmingham to Tuscaloosa together. And just talking to people in the airport, people that work at the airport, uh, they're just so nice. I mean, everyone is so freaking nice in the South. And then, you know, getting to Tuscaloosa and meeting a lot of people and being around a lot of new people. It's just amazing to me, and I say that. It's just a, a different world. It's a different environment. It's just, um, it's so different than California. It's so different than New York. It's, uh, everyone is friendly. Everyone is nice to one another. Everyone is polite. I mean, I had a phenomenal experience and, you know, stayed at this guy's uh, condo who went to Alabama, who goes to every single game home and on the road. He, I put pictures on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and check everything out. I put a lot of videos on there. Uh, his condo is unbelievable. The memorabilia, it's decked out. I mean, everything is rolled tied. Uh, we just had a fabulous time. I got there and spent Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, and then flew back on Sunday. But going to the game and the experience was absolutely uh, incredible. I mean, it was a big game. I mean, the game was over with about eight minutes left to go uh, in the first half as Alabama just rolled up on Ole Miss. But, you know, I'm sure you saw what Lane Kiffin did as he threw the mic drop, threw the headset, said, get your popcorn ready, and his team got blown off the field. So, you know, once that started circulating through the, 
the stadium. Uh, it, it was very funny. But the place is unbelievably loud. You know, over 100,000 people into Bryant-Denny Stadium, uh, and it, it was uh, phenomenal. It was just a, a great experience uh, being at a big-time uh, SEC game. A couple of things that didn't really strike me until the next day, because I grew up at Yankee Stadium. I grew up in Madison Square Garden. I grew up at Shea Stadium. I mean, I was always at games, and I always used to see fights and uh, all kinds of things. And the one thing I noticed, and I didn't even think about this until after the game, is there's no alcohol sales for Alabama football games. And I know that's not true of all college programs, but in Alabama, for the Crimson Tide at Bryant-Denny Stadium, you cannot buy alcohol. Now, obviously, I'm aware that people are drinking and partying and tailgating before they go into the game, but my experience of being at professional sporting events is most of the issues come in the second half of games for obvious reasons. But in this particular instance, I didn't see anything that even was remotely a red flag. There were a lot of people there with kids. Uh, everyone had a phenomenal time, but there's nothing that I looked at and go, oh boy. And I just think part of that, and a big reason for that, is no alcohol sales. Now, I'm not sitting here getting on my soapbox and saying, get rid of alcohol at sporting events, I understand the magnitude and the money involved, so I know that's never going to happen. But I don't believe I've ever been to a sporting event of that magnitude with that many people where there's absolutely no alcohol sales going on. And it just made for an incredible environment. Again, listen, I, I've done a lot of things, okay? Uh, I had a couple of uh, beers before we went to the game, so I'm not sitting here trying to sound like I'm Mr. Perfect. What I'm trying to say is, though, I noticed a big difference just in the environment and walking around and seeing all of, and again, I didn't see all 100,000 fans. I was sitting in my section and walked in, you know, areas to go to the restroom or what have you. But it just, I noticed that it was a real big difference. Something else I noticed, and I watched the Georgia-Arkansas game before we went. And by the way, the walk from my friend's condo to the stadium is maybe five minutes. It's very interesting. You have to walk through a graveyard to get to the stadium. I'm not exaggerating. You walk through a graveyard. It's the weirdest, craziest thing. And it's an old graveyard. And as you walk by, you know, you see tombstones uh, with the dates, people born in the 1700s and dying in the 1800s. And I mean, it's really freaky. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's an old, old cemetery right outside of Bryant-Denny Stadium. So you walk through that and then you're at the stadium. I mean, not, not I'm really not exaggerating. It's a five-minute walk from my buddy's house. But the the so we watched the Georgia-Arkansas game, and Georgia just absolutely took apart Arkansas. And then after watching Alabama destroy 12th-ranked or 11th-ranked Ole Miss or 12th-ranked, whatever the hell they were, the the one thing that is so apparent to me, because you know after the game we came home and we watched the Oregon game, we watched LSU-Auburn, we watched, we watched a lot of the games. I mean, it was really fun fascinating because he's got so many TVs and we were keeping up with all of the college football games. But I mean, to me, there's such a drop off between Alabama, Georgia and the rest of the country. I I don't want to hear about Cincinnati. I mean, if you took Cincinnati and put them in the SEC, stop it already, would you please? I mean, have you seen their schedule? I mean, everybody's getting excited because they beat Notre Dame. I mean, let's not get carried away here. It's just to me, when I watch college football, and it's not like this is anything new this year, but I, I just think Alabama and Georgia are so much better 
than everybody else. So you're going to see them barring a unforeseen collapse, you know, play in December in Atlanta at the SEC championship game. And to me, you know, if that game's close, do it again, do it again, put them in the uh, Final Four as the number one and number two seed. All right, so that was my experience in Tuscaloosa. Great time, phenomenal experience, met just amazing people, uh, just driving around the campus, and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful college town. Really enjoyed myself. I hope I can go back and make it an annual appearance. All right, something else that we talk about. We get overboard every single year, and I did a rant on this before the season even began, is we overreact to quarterback play in the National Football League. I mean, for the first couple of weeks, Zach Wilson was the worst thing ever. And, you know, then he beats Tennessee on Sunday and people are talking about, gee, you know, it looks like he's going to be a really good quarterback. Why do we do that to our rookie quarterbacks? Why do we evaluate them like this? Why do we make such concrete observations based on games early in a quarterback's career? It's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. I mean, now we're talking about Trey Lance because he came in in the third quarter for the injured Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo. I would just say this about Trey Lance. He's not going to stay healthy. So, I mean, you can talk all you want about Trey Lance. He's not going to be around very long. It's just you're not going to you're not surviving playing that style of football. I'm sorry, it's not going to work. I don't care, you know, what you did to get the guy. I don't care, you know, how good you think he may be. I, you're not going to be good if you can't be on the field. And it's only a matter of time before he gets hurt. And, you know, he wasn't very good, but I'm not going to judge a guy based on coming in unexpectedly in the third quarter. I mean, he made a lot of bad throws, and but 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 let's let's wait. Can we please wait at least a season before we're evaluating all of these quarterbacks? The only thing that to me is obvious based on watching the National Football League this year through four weeks is that Mac Jones, the quarterback in New England, is going to be really good. Steady. I mean, that's the one thing I can tell. I, there's no doubt in my mind that the Patriots have a quarterback that's going to be there for a while. I, I, I looked at Trevor Lawrence on Thursday playing against Joe Burrow. I think Lawrence is going to be very good too. Joe Burrow already is very good, as is Justin Herbert with the Chargers. And as I record this, that game between the Raiders and the Chargers has not started yet, so I can't comment on that game. But... Yeah, I'm not getting carried away. You know, Justin Fields, you know, people talk about how much better he was on Sunday. He was better because he couldn't have been any worse than he was last week. But, you know, the Bears offense was only one of eight on third down. That's how I look at quarterbacks. I mean, you know, there was a lot of situations I didn't think he thrived in. And then, you know, Matt Nagy has said that when Andy Dalton is able to play, he's going to be the team's starting quarterback. And Justin Fields is number two. And Nick Foles is number three. So, you know, again... I don't know if it makes a difference in Chicago, but we have to wait. We just jump to conclusions, jump, jump, jump so often, so quickly in evaluating our rookie quarterbacks. How about, like, can you at least give the guys a month? Forget about a year. I asked for a season. I know that's getting carried away now. Can't wait a whole season to evaluate a young quarterback. But can we at least wait a couple of weeks? I mean, you know, I, I can't believe all the things I'm seeing about Trey Lance. You know, it's the same things I saw about Justin Fields last week and Zach Wilson in the first three weeks. Let's slow down. I mean, look at Sam Darnold. His first three years in New York, terrible because he had a bad team around him. Now look at him. Looks like a, a completely different quarterback. 
Speaking of quarterbacks, how about Kyler Murray? How about those Arizona Cardinals and what they did to the Rams on Sunday? You know, the Rams had just come off their big victory against Tampa and pretty amazing what Arizona has done. I mean, you look at their body of work. Week one, going in and spanking Tennessee. Maybe Tennessee's not as good as I thought. You know, there's no way you should lose to the Jets. And then what they did to the Rams on Sunday, that was very, very impressive. Hats off to the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, and that football team. They are really, really impressive through the first month of the season. And then last week, I told you that I thought Seattle, you know, you didn't want to be be playing Seattle at that point, one and two. Had they lost that game, they would have probably been out of it. And I said, you know, you have to be very careful in looking at teams when their season is on the line. And let's face it, Seattle's season was on the line. That was an impressive victory. And again, back to the 49ers, because a couple of moments ago I was talking about Trey Lance. There was nothing on that field that impressed me on Sunday. Defense, pass defense didn't impress me. Run defense didn't impress me. Offense didn't, nothing impressed me. Special teams, coaching, I mean, it was terrible. Just terrible. I mean, the 49ers go from a big home game in week three against Green Bay, and then they follow it up with a divisional game against Seattle, and now what looked like a promising start, it's kind of like, uh-oh, what's going on in San Francisco? And now if Garoppolo's out a couple of weeks, I mean, let's, I don't care what anyone says. Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback right now than Trey Lance. Now, I don't know if he's going to be better than Trey Lance in a year from now or two years from now, but I know he's a better quarterback than Lance right now. So I think the 49ers, all of a sudden, when things look so darn promising, now they look they look really like, wow, not promising. I mean, you look at Arizona, you look at the Rams, and now you look at Seattle because now the 49ers are going to have to go to Seattle and try to win a game up there because they lost serve on their home field. So those are some of my thoughts. Just, you know, a couple of quick games, you know, around the National Football League. I said this after a week or two because of a veteran team. Pittsburgh's just not very good. And if you're a Steelers fan, I think you're in for a long season. They're just not very good. I mean, they're the worst team in that division, and it's not even close. Baltimore keeps finding ways to win. You know, even with the kick from 60-whatever yards, it should have been a delay game. You know, they, they find ways to win. You know, they almost won the game Monday night to start the season off in Las Vegas. Uh, they they find ways to win. You know, I, I'm not – you know, they, they just find ways to win. You look at what Cleveland's done. You look at the Bengals finding a way to win on Thursday night. And Pittsburgh, no question, is the bottom team in that division. All right, I want to talk about baseball because coming up tonight, Yankees-Red Sox, you've got your wild card game, and it kind of reminds me the last time these two teams played a winner-take-all other than a game seven was back in 1978. The famous Bucky Dent three-run homer of Mike Torres. You had Lou Pinella, who lost a ball in the sun, was able to flag it down, which was a big play in the game. You had Goose Gossage come in the seventh out of the bullpen and got Carly Yastrzemski to pop up to end the game to Greg Nettles at third base. And I had a great conversation talking with Goose Gossage up in Lake Tahoe 
about coming in in that game and about Nettles and how Nettles hated pop-ups and just everything about that situation was uh, fun to reminisce. But now you have a game tonight at Fenway. Here's the difference. I don't think either of those teams are going to beat Tampa. So I I don't really think it's going to matter. Now in the National League, coming up tomorrow, you've got the Dodgers and the Cardinals. And isn't it amazing when you look at how hot the Cardinals finished this season, you look at the Dodgers with over 100 wins, and the Giants are waiting there, and they're going to be playing a damn good team right out of the box. I mean, it is unfortunate that you get a Giants and a possible Dodgers series so early in the postseason because they were clearly head and shoulders the two best teams in Major League Baseball this year. But that's just the way it is. It's the way it's set up. And I know a lot of people are going berserk over it. But that's just the way it is. And, you know, the Giants had a storybook year. Just an incredible storybook year. What a great, great job. What a great job. Phenomenal job by the San Francisco Giants. So the postseason begins tonight. Who do you like? We know one thing. You're not going to see the Giants and the Dodgers play for the NL pennant and that's unfortunate could you see the Cardinals tomorrow knocking off the Dodgers remaining hot and then stealing a series against San Francisco and then in the American League is it going to be Dusty's turn this year and when I mean Dusty's turn to walk around with a trophy at the end of October I don't think they're better than Tampa I'm not so sure they're better than Chicago, although I could see them beating Chicago. I still think Tampa is the best team in the American League, and nobody ever talks about Tampa. Low payroll, and all they do is go out and win. They look at last year. They go out, and they win. Now, they didn't win at all last year, but they were in the big show. And still to this day, you know, taking Blake Snell out after it was just still cannot, it defies logic how you can take a pitcher out in that situation. But what's done is done, and obviously he's not there anymore. But when you think about baseball right now, and you think about the teams that look to me like they're just a little bit better than everybody else, that's Tampa. And in the National League, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals beat the Giants or the Dodgers. I, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the wild game, wild card game tomorrow and beat the Giants because momentum is incredible. Now, you know, don't tell me the Giants didn't have anything to play for. They were playing to win every game because they wanted that number one spot. They didn't want to be a wild card, so they're ready to go. Think about how many great times we watched the Cardinals and the Giants, right? You know, the Will Clark series and Isaac Smith and Jack Buck on the call. and I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. I know Giants fans would love to see that. Have the Dodgers lose tomorrow? Oh, my gosh. They'd be partying in the streets of San Francisco, not having to see the Dodgers in the playoffs. But be careful what you wish for because the Cardinals, boy, oh, boy, they look very good indeed. So we're talking some baseball, right? And how great is that? And, yeah, we're talking NFL and we're talking college football on this podcast. And I'm going to just leave you with this before we get to our Crowd Ultra Q&A. The NBA is starting up preseason basketball. You know, the Kings played last night. There was a game on Sunday. I don't take anything out of preseason basketball. I don't care about scores. 
I don't care about anything, all right? I do care how a rookie looks because I think that that can be important depending on where a coach puts a rookie in. So I want to see Mitchell, you know, be on the floor against legitimate NBA players, not summer league players. But I don't look at summer league, or excuse me, I don't look at preseason as anything other than a necessary evil. It means nothing, all right? It's a workout. It's a chance for a coach to experiment. But don't be coming at me with, gee, this guy looked good in the preseason, this guy didn't. I don't care, all right? I don't care. Start asking me questions about the NBA in week three. And let's and when I mean week three, I mean week three of October. And let's see if Marvin Bagley can get through the preseason without an injury. What's the chances of that happening? That's another thing I'd be looking for if you're Sacramento. If I'm looking at the Warriors, I'm looking to see how Klay Thompson looks. All right? Those are some of the things that I'm looking for in preseason. But other than that, wake me up when the real season starts, not the preseason. And when you look at the West, I mean, clearly to me, the Lakers should should prevail coming out of the West. And in the East, it's either Brooklyn or Milwaukee. I can't go with Brooklyn because of that head case, Kyrie Irving. I just can't. You know, to me, Milwaukee is still the team to beat in the East. You know, if Irving can get his head on straight, which is a huge if, and be there for his team, then maybe, just maybe, I would change my tune and I would say that Brooklyn would be the team in the East. I mean, on paper, you could say they're the team, but I, I still love the Greek freak and Giannis Adetokounmpo and how unbelievably good he is and how good he got. Well, I shouldn't say how good he got last year. I mean, I still, we all know this, right? I mean, if, if the Nets were healthy, they would have won the series. Correct? There's no way they would have lost. They were up. They lost game six in Milwaukee. They lost game seven on their home floor. Can we all agree that Brooklyn would have won that series last year? But I think when you win a championship like Milwaukee did, now they get that pressure off their back and they know they're good. I think they go out in the playoffs with a different, and I, I don't want to say easy, loose, but they, 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 it, they've been there before. They now know what it takes. They know they can win. I still think I still give Milwaukee a little bit of an edge over Brooklyn. And yeah, I am aware that Brooklyn should have won last year and they would have had they been healthy. But they weren't. I get that. Harden's hurt. Irving's hurt. So Durant, as great as he is, uh, couldn't carry the team uh, completely. All right, I want to get to our crowd ultra Q&A. Hey, if you want to get on with me on crowd ultra, you can ask me a question. And all you need to do is go to crowdultra.com and just maybe I will answer your question right here on the podcast. All right, let's get to David. He goes, have you seen the record was broken again for the average length of an MLB game, even though they're trying to speed up the game? David, I went to three baseball games this year. They were all in Miami. I went to see the Marlins and the Padres twice. And I can't even remember who else I saw the Marlins play against. But here's what I sat through. I sat through a game where the final score was 5-2 to two and there were only a combined 13 hits, and the game lasted four hours. I sat through another game that was low scoring that lasted three hours and 45 minutes. I don't remember the third game because I actually left early. I left like in the fifth inning. So I don't know what the answer is, but I'm with you. 
I do not know, but I am 100% with you. Aaron asked, what players in the NFL do you think are overrated? Listen, Aaron, I, I would answer the question this way. In every league, in every sport, there are underrated players. There are overrated players. It's very difficult to... Well, I'll tell you right now. I mean, I think before the game Sunday, was anybody talking about Kyler Murray? Everybody's talking about Matthew Stafford. Everybody's talking about Tom Brady. Everybody's talking about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look at what Murray's doing, right? So I'll ask you, is he underrated? I know you asked me who's overrated, but is he underrated? That's a very difficult question. Tim says, can you believe Sam Darnold is leading the league in NFL rushing touchdowns? Eh, you know, who cares? You know what I mean? Seriously. I don't, so what? I mean, can I believe it? Yeah, I can believe it. I just That, that, that stat means absolutely uh, nothing to me. What means something to me is that they're 3-1. and one. They got beat pretty badly on Sunday, but that's what that's what uh, that's how I look at it all right Sean goes would you rather have Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield probably taking Josh Allen not not by a lot but I'm probably taking Allen but 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 by a little bit uh not by a lot Corey says did you see Dan Cable just uh say that the NFL told him delay of game is subjective you know there's a lot of talk about how they botched that call last week how that should never happen, how they need to implement a system to prevent that, because that was ridiculous. I didn't see that aspect of it, but uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, Colby asked, are you surprised that the NBPA, the NBA Players Association, agreed to salary reduction for games missed due to not being vaccinated? Not really. You know, I don't think they really had a chance there. Not really. Mike wants to know, how would you grade Trey Lance's performance in week four? C minus D, maybe? Well, it wasn't very good, Mike, right? I mean, it wasn't very good. Probably give him, you know, I'll tell you what, I'd probably give him a C minus because of the situation that he was in. You know, I don't want to give him an F. That would not be fair. Uh, You know, he did some things good, but he did some things that were not good. So I'll just look at it that way. Vince wants to know, do you like that the 76ers are withholding some of Ben Simmons' salary? Hell yes. That would have been a disaster. Would have been wrong had they given Ben Simmons that $8-plus million. You know, not only should they not give him the money, they they should, and I think they will, fine him to the max. Absolutely. What 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 a disaster. What a shame it would have been if the Sixers had given him $8-plus million dollars for blowing off the team and hanging out in Los Angeles. David wants to know, did you tailgate at the Bama game? Not outside. You know, again, the condo that I was at is made for Alabama football. And so we were all in there. He's got a beautiful balcony overlooking the football stadium uh, inside. So we were there were probably uh, 25 of us there. By the way, a footnote to that, because I get asked this on social media. No one wears masks in Alabama. All right, you have to have them on at the airport in Birmingham, but the Uber drivers don't wear masks. Uh, there are some in the restaurants that I see wearing masks, and I'm talking about staff. Nobody wears a mask in Alabama. I didn't see one mask anywhere, anywhere in the entire football stadium out of 100,000 people. Didn't see any mask anywhere in all the restaurants that we went to. So I don't know what it's like where you live, But in Alabama, you would never know 
never know that there's a pandemic going on. They don't wear masks. They don't want to wear masks. And they're not going to wear masks. It's very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Uh, Lou wants to know, do you think Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow played better on Thursday? Joe Burrow to me played better. I loved what he did, you know, at the end of the game and the plays that he makes. I mean, I'll tell you this. Uh, that that Joe Burrow, and I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence isn't. That Joe Burrow is going to be one heck, one heck of an NFL quarterback. I love what I see in him. Uh, Adam wants to know, why did Urban Meyer go for fourth and goal in the second quarter instead of kicking a field goal against the Bengals? Adam, Urban Meyer's got a lot more important things to worry about right now than what he did on fourth and goal, all right? And thank you very much for our crowd ultra questions. Really appreciate you. Hit me up on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And uh, again, maybe I'll answer your question right here coming up on Friday. All you need to do is go to crowdultra.com. It's time for Today's rant is brought to you by Roy's Umbrella. For all of your home loan needs and dealing with someone that is a throwback, Roy is awesome. And, uh, you know, it can be confusing keeping up with all the loan programs and everything else. Uh, Roy's just one of the great people I've met in this business. He's overcome two death sentences from cancer. He shouldn't be with us. Uh, his approach to how he deals with people is so refreshing. I love dealing with Roy and Roy's Umbrella for all of your home loan needs. Just go to roysumbrella.com. You know, first of all, about Urban Meyer. Let's start with this. You're the head coach of a National Football League team. After a game, you get on the plane with your team and you fly back home. All right? That's what you do. You're the coach. You lead by example. You don't be taken off. You get on the plane. You don't stay in Columbus, Ohio after your team loses to the Cincinnati Bengals We are still looking for your first win. So that's number one. Number two, if by chance you're going to be stupid and you are going to go home, don't be seen with a viral video surfacing all over the United States that shows a young woman dancing in your lap at a restaurant in Columbus. When you're 57 years old, don't be in a position where you have to apologize to your team, which you did yesterday, all right? And then say that you were so stupid for putting yourself in such a compromising position, all right? You call yourself stupid, you're 57 years old. You're not 17 years old, all right? First of all, you made a huge mistake by not going back with the team. Then you go to Urban Meyer's Pine House in Columbus. People ask you to take photos, and then you get caught in a situation where you have a woman dancing close to your lap, right? And then another video on social media that appears to show you touching a woman's bottom while you're sitting at the bar? What the hell is wrong with you? Now you got to apologize to your family? You think? You think? You have to apologize to your team? You think? You have to apologize to your owner? You think? I mean, good Lord. I mean, is this guy out of his element coaching in the National Football League 0-4? and 4 and you don't get on the plane to go home with your team as a head coach? And then the next night, you got video surfacing of you just 
I mean, how freaking stupid can you be? Seriously. How freaking stupid can you be? I'll tell you how stupid you can be. Look at Urban Meyer. That's the definition of stupid. And that's my rant for today. And that's my podcast for today. Enjoy the baseball playoffs. Looking forward to coming at you again with another episode. If you don't like that with Grant Napier on Friday. So long, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.